walk, which is funny. Yeah, ducks are awesome. End of story. Bundling and saving with Geico. It's an easy choice. It's Gus Gell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or BN View on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams. And you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Aaron Rodgers, the fact that he's played through injuries and you don't hear him complaining, he's just doing what he has to do. I respect the hell out of that. But I really give this team a 0% chance of making the playoffs. I don't believe in them. has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. has everything to do with their defense, man. Like, their defense is really bad. Like, in, in Week 9 versus Detroit, they lose ed, edge rusher Rashawn Gary. He tears his ACL. Week 8 versus the Bills, they lose Devondre Campbell, all-pro linebacker, knee injury. Since then, they've been giving up close to 443 yards per game, man. Like, that's not okay. You guys still hold on hope that, like, something by some divine intervention, Aaron Rodgers, because he told us several years ago to relax and we're yeah, not run. That is what it is. That all of a sudden, he's going to go on a run again. No, you're right. What makes you believe they're going to just run the table now? I don't believe that they will. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back. It is hour number three of the Sports Hangover, 800-998-1003, the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. We'll go over our question of the day, get your thoughts and more on that as well. Again, uh Pelicans wrapping up a practice, so we'll touch on that. Hear what Coach had to say following the game yesterday, a tough loss in Miami. But at least the news is I do think you will see Brandon Ingram this homestand. He's hopeful. Coach Green is. He will. B.I. going through a full five-on-five practice today. That was step one. Got to go through those practices. Been telling you that before he was going to get out there. Um, so you got a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday. You have Denver tomorrow, Minnesota Wednesday. And then you host Washington on Friday and uh, Saturday. And then you are at Milwaukee on Sunday. That's the four games this week for the Pelicans. We've been talking about that. Lakers have made a trade as they get Rui Hichimura to the Lakers for Kendrick Nunn. A couple of second-round picks going that way. So Lakers making some moves. As Schmidt Dua just tweeted, though, um, the Lakers held it together while AD's been hurt. They came back from a 25-point deficit yesterday. LaBooBoo's been playing incredible. 37 um, for him yesterday. Lakers acquire, as I imagine, uh, as I said, the three second-round picks so, and the Lakers apparently have the intent to extend Hachimura, who was a top 10 pick this summer. So, that's the news there. In case you're wondering when the NBA trade deadline is, it is Thursday, February 9th, 3 p.m. Eastern, so 2 p.m. Central Time here as well. 
So it kind of gives you an idea. Uh, also, just to give you an also an idea, the Wizards just tweeted that Kristaps Porzingis will be listed as week-to-week with a sprained left ankle. The injury occurred in Orlando on the 21st, so it looks like more than possible you will not see Kristaps Porzingis Saturday at the Smoothie King Center. He's one of their better players from that aspect of it. So, Lakers four games behind the Pelicans, and truthfully, as Schmidt says, it complicates trading the pick, so most likely won't get moved. But um, he's upset because he wanted the Lakers to tank and he could get the top ten moves, so it's just something to keep an eye on. Again, Lakers just four games now behind the Pelicans in the standings since they have lost nine of twelve. After the game yesterday, head coach Willie Green did touch on the loss, giving his team credit for how hard they did to play. And, uh, again, I agree with him. You did see the better effort uh, by the team in that game. We'll go over where we think it ended. I'm, I mean, I'm proud of our guys, uh, the fight that they had tonight. Um, guys competed. They played at a high level, executed at a high level on both ends of the floor. Game plan discipline was was on point. We just we, we came up short, and a lot of it, Jen, to your point, is we just had to take care of the basketball. Twenty five total team turnovers in the final minute, twenty four seconds. I am not making this up. Five straight possessions, five straight turnovers. That's that's hard to win. Sixteen point lead goes down to six before the locker room. During that stretch, when it grabs calls, free throw her. It is, unfortunately, folks, completely unraveled. <laughs> I mean, C.J. McCollum dribbles it off his foot. He throws it into two different defenders. There's a Dyson Daniels travel. C.J. loses the ball right before the hat. It just, <laughs> the graph will tell you how, how it's going. So we can talk about that, Pels fans, how you feel about that. The AFC and NFC Championship games are set. Jags lose at KC 27-20. Eagles all over the Giants 38-7. Jalen Hurts three first-half TDs in that win. Bengals and Bills, Joe Burrow looked incredible in that game. Josh Allen 25-42, of and one of the topics this morning is, is Josh Allen and Dak Prescott the same? I'm just going to let that be. Um... Yeah, so we can touch on that, if you like. And then, of course, Cowboys and 49ers. 49ers win 19-12. to Odd to chat about Mike McCarthy. Rex Ryan this morning. I mean, it would be crazy, guys, if you're going to let a coach go with 12 wins. Was it crazy when uh, the Eagles let uh, Doug Peterson go and the, and the quarterback? Was it crazy then with Carson Wentz? You had all that investment in him. You let him go. You also let the, the head coach go. Right How's it look there. now? Yeah. How's that move look now? You're telling me Jerry Jones isn't thinking about it. I think he is. Hey, there you go. Um, Todd Archer, though, is Catherine Terrell for ESPN in Dallas, right? Covers them for ESPN for the Cowboys. Here's what he had to say about his Mike McCarthy seat hot. He's safe. Jerry Jones was asked after the game if there was anything, anything with Mike's job, and he said no. So... Uh, there's there's nothing that's going to happen there, barring some unforeseen surprise that you know Jerry wakes up and feels differently than he than he did right after the game, uh, which I guess theoretically could happen. But um, you know, if you take Jerry at his word, 
then then Mike McCarthy would be this team's coach uh, this next season, and we'll see if the coordinators are back. All right. So that's part of what you've been hearing a lot this morning. Uh, also, Nick Sirianni had this to say about Jalen Hurts getting a lot of play. People go, what, what do you mean, MJ? I know this is high praise, but to have him out there is like having, uh, nah, I shouldn't even go there, but like he's having like Michael Jordan out there. Like he's your leader. He's your leader. He's your guy. He's your, like, like that's, a, hopefully that's the biggest respect I can pay to him, uh, compare, <laughs> comparing to his ability to being on the field, uh, to a, to a Michael Jordan type. Like this guy leads, he brings this calmness to the to the entire team. He plays great football. Um, he's tough as 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 they come. Yeah, I mean, to me, there ain't nobody has played any better football than him this year. And I said this before too. One of the reasons why I just I don't see Sean going to Dallas. It just it's exhausting from a non-Dallas fan standpoint or media member to have to constantly hear about the Cowboys. Um, but. You lose a game, it's the coach's fault, right? I mean, like, like Sean, that's what again. Same thing with the quarterback. I mean, Dak Prescott didn't play well yesterday, but it's not just he didn't play well. It's all of a sudden, you know, should you keep him? Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He ain't even the best quarterback in the NFC East. I mean, this is what it is. Somehow, some way. They just invent new ways to lose. You cannot make it up. It's who they are. And I keep telling people, and somehow some way, I don't understand why people don't listen, but it is what it is. There it is. So um, Dan Arlovsky, who I think gives some fair analysis of quarterbacks and teams and game plans. Remember, late last week we played uh, the day on Thursday. When we found out that Pete Carmichael was staying, yet Byron Leftwich from the Buccaneers was going to be let go uh, about uh, the offense. And he gave specific reasons about analytics, about how his team just didn't kind of advance on the offensive side. Uh, this is what he had to say about Dak Prescott yesterday. Dak Prescott is... Wrong one. Here we go. I don't know why so many people are surprised by the performance. This is the Dak Prescott that we have gotten for 99% of this season. The reality is the Cowboys lost this football game because their quarterback did not play good enough. And I say good enough specifically because they didn't need him to be great. They needed him to be good. They needed him to be solid. And the disappointing part was he couldn't give them that. This is the second year in a row they go against a very good team and they get 23 scored on them and 19 scored on them. And in both games, I never felt like Dallas was going to win this game. I kind of felt that way too, right? Like when you're watching that game, um, I think that's a fair thing to say. And it kind of goes to one of the things that I, I was going to tell Uncle Earl about here earlier, and I just kind of lost track of um, the focus there. But when you look at these playoff games, there's two things that I think stand out, right? And, and you're watching that game with Dallas and San Francisco yesterday. And, man, they waste 35, almost 40 seconds before putting the football, they don't call a timeout. There's three timeouts. Rex Ryan screaming this morning. He's like, call a timeout, call a timeout. Your coaching can help or hurt you in these postseason games, right? Management, personnel decisions, things are why some Saints fans have thought that there should be a bigger amount of change with the Saints, right? Like, you can kind of point or say, Man, it is, is this game being lost 
by the staff for personnel decisions and things of that nature. The other two is there's reasons why elite quarterbacks are elite and you got to have a quarterback that makes plays in the postseason. You know, it's interesting. You looked at in going into that game and you have the Allens, the Burrows, the Mahomeses, the Hurts, who I think probably is your MVP this year, all of that, and this dude named Brock Purdy. I mean, Brock Purdy didn't light it up yesterday. He was 19 of 29, 214, no TDs. More importantly, though, not a pick. Not a pick. This was him after the game. Any game really in the NFL, you can't afford to, you know, be throwing the ball up or, you know, fumbling or anything like that, obviously. But um, when so much is on the line, you know, everyone's going to be playing their best football. Every drive and every moment matters. So, you know, Greasy and Kyle have done a great job with, you know, telling me that with my decisions and everything. And I know that we got one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league. So um, I just got to do my part. If we don't, if we have to punt, it's okay. Like our defense will, you know, get a stop. We got trust and faith in them. And we'll pick up and go put points up on the board after that. So, but yeah, it's playoff football. We can't afford big mistakes. It's awesome. I mean, look, again, it, it, and that's the thing when you look at the Saints quarterback situation and what they should do and what they had this year. And that was part of the problem, right? I mean, can you make a play and, and just extend it enough just to be able to make a play one way, shape, or form? You know, it's interesting. Listen to Christian McCaffrey on Purdy. Yeah, he's got a killer instinct. Uh, he's calm. But he's extremely confident. Uh, he's everything you would want in your quarterback. He demands the huddle. Uh, he's patient. He, he's hard on himself. Um, he's able to extend plays, and, and he's been an impressive rookie. Not even a rookie anymore, but he's an impressive sure. player to watch and share the huddle with. It is pretty remarkable what he's been able to do, isn't it? Uh, the other thing yesterday, too, that was talked about, or this morning, too, was about the Cincinnati-Buffalo game, 27-10, Joe Burrow, his performance. But was the whole ticket thing an issue? Remember, if if the Bills would have won, they would have played the Chiefs, and the Chiefs won, they would have played in a neutral site in Atlanta. 50,000 tickets. The NFL was bragging about it. 50,000 tickets. It's led to the whole articles of that was going to be their chance to try it out because they're talking about permanently moving AFC and NFC championship games to neutral sites, which is our question of the day, which spurred a lot of debate and phone calls in hour number one. We'll revisit here in a bit. But this has been baby who covers uh, the Bengals for ESPN, did it tick off the Bengals? Throughout the week, you felt the Bengals really downplaying any of the chatter about the neutral side, about you know not being the top dogs, this, that, and the other. But the second they came off the field, we were standing in the tunnel, player after player, we're talking about getting those refunds and, and talking about people who may have bought tickets, may need to go and get their money back. It definitely felt like that was something that was played up. And this is a team throughout the season, any kind of slight that's been uh, sent their way, and there has been a good amount of them. They definitely played that up in the locker room. Zach Taylor, not shy about using things like that as motivation. And the Bengals wanted to go out there and show that they they were indeed the reigning AFC champs. They're indeed the top dogs. And they went out and beat the Bills better than they've beaten any team in the postseason over the last couple of years. I agree. I, I, I looked at that game, and, I mean, they beat them. That wasn't a Josh Allen made this mistake. I mean, look, he's being compared to Dak Prescott. Stop it. Josh Allen's a good quarterback. The Bengals just, I mean, the fourth quarter drives. They ran the football. They played defense. They they thoroughly won that game. When we come back, Marlon Favorites. We'll see how he's doing. His Cowboys went down. Talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. 
Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. LA20-11134. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-511-3535. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800 800-511-3535. 800-511-3535. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. We felt that we were going to be able to get our hands on the ball just because of the way we play on defense and you know our takeaways for the season speak for themselves. You know, and we had some chances tonight. So uh, we could, you know, like I said, we, we came up a few plays short in the big play area. There it is, Marlon Favorite. Cowboy fan, even though he's a New Orleanian, had Big Faith 504 is the way to follow him on Twitter. Mike McCarthy throwing your guys, the defensive side of the football under the bus. Not enough turnovers. No turnovers, Marlon. Defense's fault. Man, man, oh man. I, I, I don't know where to start with what I saw last yeah. night. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys defense, though, Gus, right? Because those guys did hold a 49ers under. 20 points and stopped them in the red zone three or four visits. So no more victories in this game in our league. But what I will say is this, I don't know what Coach McCarthy was talking about. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky had this to say about um, about Dak. And, and I want your take on this because, look, you know, you know how it works with the Dallas team, right? I mean – when they win, it's overpraise. When they lose, it's fire the coach and Dak's terrible and all this other stuff. But listen to what Dan had to say. I don't know why so many people are surprised by the performance. This is the Dak Prescott that we have gotten for 99% of this season. The reality is the Cowboys lost this football game because their quarterback did not play good enough. And I say good enough specifically because they didn't need him to be great. 
They needed him to be good. They needed him to be solid. And the disappointing part was he couldn't give them that. This is the second year in a row they go against a very good team and they get 23 scored on them and 19 scored on them. And in both games, I never felt like Dallas was going to win this game. I, I hear the word regressed a lot this morning nationally in speaking about him. Now, look, he got injured earlier this season, right? On what, the thumb, the throwing hand, and all that kind of the same thing that got, that Breeze sort of suffered how much of that you think was a factor when it comes to this? Because you saw him throw some picks late against, what, the Jaguars in overtime, that pick six. You saw him throw some balls yesterday that were kind of questionable. Then you see him throw some really good passes, man. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're a fan. What, what do you, what did you think of his play this year? <laughs> I like, I guess you said, you're a fan. Well, I mean, you're a fan. I mean, you're so like, fan you care about team, it. Man. You know, like, you watch it a lot more than I do, you know? But th- this is what I will say. I can't use that as an excuse because there's a medical staff, there's clearance, there's practice. There's also plays where we've seen Dak throw great great passes. I think, and I kind of put Kellen Moore in the same boat, both guys, I'm not going to say Dak is trash. I'm not going to say he's good. He can be good. But at the same time, he gives a mediocre performance when it, when it counts, 2016, 2018, here again in 2022, you know, we go to the divisional round and you lose in all of those years. So at some point, it has to get looked at, man, when the lights are really bright, I don't think it works for this guy. Is he a bad quarterback? No. Is he a good quarterback? No. Is he somewhere approaching good? Yes. Right. Do, do the Dallas Cowboys have to look in a different direction at quarterback? It, 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 yeah. Why? Because look at his defense, man. Th- these are the type of – that's what I got excited about Dallas. This year. Right. What I said about this, I'm not going to get excited. Super excited to after this game. That means you're in you, – because you, we've seen Dak Prescott take his team to the divisional round. We've seen that. You've taken your team to the divisional round – Three times. Does that mean you're good? No. Does that mean you're bad? No. Does it seem like you're approaching good? Yes. Are right. you sitting on mediocre? <laughs> yes. When the lights get bright, does when the light, him and Kellen Moore. I think the thing too, and the reason why I bring this up, and I'm leading off the conversation with it with you, is because I think it could be applied to what the Saints are doing. Right? I mean, the Saints here. In the next three to five years, they're going to be looking at a quarterback, one way, shape, or form. If they go the route of the veteran, well, let's say it's Derek Carr. What I find interesting with a vet like him is a lot of the things that you're that you're saying, whether it's decision making, whether it's the right guy never took that step. I mean, I almost find it when I ask people or I just look on social media, people are polarizing when it comes to him, in that. Like Raiders fans are like, good riddance, can't wait to get rid of him. Some people like him in the locker room. When we interviewed, you know, Deshaun Reed, who covers him for the athletic, he was like, either they do or they don't. That's a pretty strong line, isn't it? Either you like your starting quarterback or you don't, or he's liked in the locker room. That, I'm not saying everybody, you know, wants to go to dinner with everybody, but that, that's a strong line. So I'm, I'm a little worried about that. But the other thing is, to your point, when you look at the quarterback he was going up against, it, it, are we seeing, I guess, long-winded wise, 
a more uh, determinate, like we should be more valuing the importance of decision making as opposed to the physical attributes of a quarterback. I thought Herm Edwards made a good point this week leading into this game, talking about Brock Purdy versus Dak Prescott. The difference is for Brock Purdy, he has all the appropriate weapons around him to just drive in that middle lane. You know, you're teaching your kid how to drive. You start in the middle lane first before you go to the aggressive left or when it's time to exit. Brock's just riding in that middle lane. Dak's in a situation where he has to get in that fast lane. He he don't have, I thought, not having Amari Cooper. Stephen A. said that. That's a good point. C.D. Lamb, he can catch. He's the next explosive guy outside of Troy uh, Pollard, Tony Pollard. But at the very uh, at the very end of the day, if you look at it from the perspective of the plays you have to call, and then once you hit C.D. Lamb, he's going down. Amari Cooper gave you a bigger target, so they don't kind of like the Saints. The Saints are missing that, you know, without Michael Thomas, that receiver that could catch the ball, like, and, and really get the yak after uh, after contact is the guy you need. So you look at the weapons around Dak. Now, here's the deal. Dak, this isn't your first rodeo. This is this kid's first rodeo. So he, he has to show – when you start looking at tiers of quarterback, you look at – that first tier of quarterback, you look at the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allen, the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar Jackson, the guys that who are who are in that top tier of quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and that at the start of the season, at the bottom tier of the second half of the quarterback. So with that performance, I don't know if it's this year, I don't know if it's next year. I don't know if it's an Ezekiel Elliott type thing when you bring somebody in and you kind of evaluate the guy, but they could have gotten over this hump with a better manager management at quarterback yeah and i think one of the things that you know we'll we'll look forward to moving forward is i i think the importance of i think coaching and just players that kind of do you know just make the right move or or play sometimes too man i mean it's just when when you look at if you have that elite quarterback i'm sitting there thinking about it looking at it you have no offensive linemen or three of the offensive linemen are gone for cincinnati they're not exactly a great defense they're not a bad defense they make some plays on there but joe just extending the pocket every now and then stepping up on the plate and he delivers a good ball a softball right i mean not not just a especially in those elements I, some of those passes seem like they had like the softest touch Marlon, right, to those receivers while he's scrambling and, and running, which is incredible to me. You know the guy has an arm and can make all those throws, but it's just understanding things of that nature, man, and I think really set him apart, but that's the point. If you don't have a great defense or if your coaching staff is suspect, then an elite quarterback, an elite player can sort of elevate that and, and overcome it. When you don't and your players don't make good decisions, it's just, you know, you're going to get L's. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about with, with the Bengals, you have a balanced team. So even if they do look a little mid-tier, mid-season, you have the quarterback, you have the coaching staff, you now have a healthy Jamar Chase, you have other weapons. So even if the offensive line is struggling, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they're scramble rules charts. Right? They're going to make the scramble rule go up, boom, 
let's come this way. Let me roll out Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Boyd. You know, all of those guys are, are, are getting to that spot and are getting in his view so they can extend the play. You know, or, or at the same token, you look at their running game. Joe Mixon, you know, you hand him the rock, get him the ball in space, he's running people over. Right. That was the last night. <laughs> you know, when, when, Tony, when, when Tony Pollard went down, I'm like, oh, there we go. Because <laughs> it's like, who, who's going to step up and be that explosive guy? So I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing uh, AFC Championship Weekend because I think there's a lot of, you know, key pieces to pay attention to. I think something else, too, that maybe went overlooked, too, when you look at that game, um, their run game. I felt early in that in those few drives, I mean, mixing 105 yards on 20 carries, they legit have a run game, right? Like, I mean, on some of those drives, especially those first two guys, I mean, he's running over Bills players. It sets a tone that travels in January and February. You like that. I saw Dan Orlovsky post a tweet here a little bit ago. He said about the Bills, they have to be a team and become a team that's built for January, February. Yesterday, the Cowboys, back to your team, Marlon, Mike McCarthy mentioned the loss of Tony Pollard. Dak Prescott mentioned the loss of Tony Pollard. He'd been the best back, right, for this team this year. There's no doubt about it. And he suffers a broken leg in the game. Well, Dan says with the Bills, they ran the ball 14 times out of the shotgun. Out of those 14 carries, it generated one first down. You've played D-tackle and D-line. Is it easier for you to defend a run out of the gun than it is, say, when a quarterback's under center? It is, Gus. It's, it's much easier because it splits the decision. When a team is in the shotgun, you automatically have to think 50-50. It could be passed. It could be run. And, and at the same token, it's easier to defend because when it is run, the offensive linemen are typically spread out a little bit more um, than on a regular pass. Set, I mean, excuse me, run set uh, stand. So, to put it in easier terms, I, I think the, the best way to describe it is yes, <laughs> it, it, it is. It is easier for you to defend a run because it's, only, it's, it's, it's a process of elimination in space to a guy to a team who plays a one gap. Um, so, I, I think. And you just shoot the gap and winning your gap and it's there. So it, it is. To Dan's point, I don't. I don't think that was wise to, to continue to go back to that because then you play into the favor of the opponent, and, and that really worked out for Reader and you know Trey Henderson uh, and all those guys from Cincinnati. We'll see what happens, sir. We'll see what happens. As always, appreciate the time, Marlon. We'll talk at the end of the week, and we'll look ahead to the 49ers Eagles NFC title game, Cincinnati Kansas City. AFC title game. Thank you, bud. Have a great week. Yeah, you do the same, man. Good football. Hello. Sounds good. Sounds good. The Athletic putting out a piece. Derek Carr trade offers. Could the Saints, Jets, or Bucks get him from Vegas? That is being discussed on there as well. We'll talk about that later this week. And uh, the Saints with another assistance making their way over to the Senior Bowl. I'll tell you about that next on ESPN New Orleans. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. 
At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities. Victory over setbacks. Victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. The biggest names in sports are on ESPN Radio. Vince Wilford, two-time Super Bowl champion, Patriots Hall of Famer. This year wasn't his greatest year, but I don't think that Tom will leave the game off of this. Jimmy Smith, former Jacksonville Jaguar wide receiver, two-time Super Bowl champion. No Urban Meyer. Doug Peterson is what happened. You can see that they are playing for him. They're playing hard for him. Brandon Jacobs, former New York Giants running back. He would have rather run a guy like Purdy versus Daniel Jones or that Prescott. You know, Purdy just up there swinging that thing and playing football. He's a lot cooler, should I say. <laughs> uh, Rayshon Jenkins, uh, Jack Safety. It looks pretty perfect to me, man. I'll probably go get some hair tips on, man. Now, I like my hair, too. <laughs> I'm here with quarterback Stetson Bennett. National Champions 2023, baby. We won the game, and they're going to be back next year. I can promise you that. The biggest names in sports come here, and it all starts. Starts weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max and continues all day. This is ESPN Radio. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003. As we continue to talk about... Uh, the NFL games over the weekend and also post practice, Brandon Ingram did speak. And, uh, essentially, hey, um, do you, is your expectation level of maybe playing in this homestand? Expectation of maybe, you know, there's a three game homestand coming up of maybe playing in one of those games coming up. Um, I feel, feel up for it. Um, that's the plan. Um. So again, it's about how the toe feels pain wise. When it comes to it for him, since if it's tolerable, he will go. Uh, he went through a full five on five practice and he will see if he will be able to go. Um, Andrew Lopez tweeting two minutes ago, if Ingram does play, I wouldn't expect him to play both games of the back to back. Would think he either plays against Denver or more likely against Minnesota, not both. That is if a big if all goes according to plan. Don't see it being stretched to Wizards on Saturday. So he went today. Let's see how I sort of – I'm with you, too, uh, with what he's saying. That's kind of what I said earlier in the show. My guess is you will see Brandon Ingram probably against Minnesota. In other words, just to – how does his foot and toe feel today? And then get out there, dressed, whatever, go through pregame warm-ups just to kind of test it or shoot around, and you'll feel, you know, you saw from yesterday going through a full five-on-five today and all of that. So I I just I I just hope it's sooner rather than later and then that it stays well. And I I think that's what he's been trying to do. I know it's frustrating. Um, You have a team that's could have used him weeks ago. I mean, if he gets back this week, it's, it's essentially two months. Two months. He got hurt Black Friday. So December and basically two months if he plays this week. 
It's a long time to be away from a top player like that. And yesterday, after the game in which, again, Pell struggled to get some things going on the offensive end late in that fourth quarter, some turnovers, five straight possessions, five straight turnovers in the second quarter, gave the Heat life. I mean, you're up 16, now you're down six in a minute 24 before going into halftime. Brandon Ingram's on this team the last two, three weeks. I, I, I don't know if you lose many of those games that you lose. It, it's just tough. You'd love to have it. it. It's why Coach Green, though, is trying to stay positive. He's trying to look at the things that this team is doing in a good way that, that helps. And um, that's what he touched on. We're doing a lot of good. Um, when I go back and watch the games... Besides Miami, you know, we're controlling the game pretty much the whole game. And it comes down to the fourth quarter and making plays on both ends of the floor. Offensively, it's simple for us. we got to take care of the basketball. We take care of the basketball. We come down and we get really good looks. Our opportunity to, to win those games will be higher. When we have 25 turnovers and teams are scoring 25, 28 points, you know, we're just giving them extra possessions, and, and that's adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, and you know, the broadcast yesterday, Bally's put it up there afterwards in the fourth quarter. Aaron and David Wesley were going over what's happened in the fourth quarter in these last four games, all four they've lost. So in the previous three games, the point differential is minus 33. So you've been outscored 33 total points. Today, got outscored by seven points in the fourth quarter. You're averaging 21 points per game in that fourth quarter. In those last four, you had 24 today. The problem with that second quarter, before that 10-0 run, they had eight points in the second quarter. The Pels were absolutely – listen to what Coach Green said about that second quarter. Listen to the very beginning. Once again, you got to play for 48 – our guys know we have to play for 48 minutes. Um, we were kind of carving them up on both ends of the floor, and then we finished the second quarter – last four, three or four minutes, and we had six turnovers. That gave them life. And from then on, now it's a uphill battle, and this is not a team that you want to give life to. What's incredible is he said six because he's adding that one that happened at the three, four-minute mark. Again, 123 to play, 124 to play. The Pels then go on to commit five straight turnovers after layups, dunks, and an and one. So your turnover turned into transition buckets and easy count. Like you're not even, like this isn't hero shooting or jumping, you know, making a 12 footer or 20 foot footer. Jimmy Butler uh, running three behind screens. Layups. 16 point lead. Poof. Like Chris Angel. Gone. It's, it's tough. It's tough to see that. Um, the three-point field goal shooting percentage, 16.7 in the previous three games in the fourth quarter. Yesterday, the team was two of five. Tired legs. They've been averaging 5.3 turnovers in the fourth quarter in those previous four games. Tonight or yesterday, seven. They had seven turnovers in the fourth quarter, 25 total. It just, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to win. That's with the full complement of players. And then when you don't have your top players, 
it's darn near impossible. Legitimately, darn near impossible. I don't know how you do it. Right? Coach yesterday also added, that said, again, trying to stay positive, that they're doing some things that obviously he thinks once things get fixed and players start returning, it's going to pay off in the end. Tonight was. Uh, as tough as this loss is and was and feels, it's a big difference between when we played Miami at home and tonight. And guys were locked in. Um, our game plan discipline was at a high level. We just came up short, and that happens. Uh, we'll get back home and you know have a practice and get ready to get after it again. Yeah. And look, I, again, I you can be sitting here going, man, I, I don't want to hear that. How can anything positive? It is. I mean, Dyson Daniels has been a massive positive. A guy put up, he's been starting because Najee Marshall, again, another key player that, you know, you, you know, B.I. and Zion are gone, but not having Najee Marshall is just as big because he was picking up some slack. He was picking up some slack, um, in terms of defense, passing, assist, all of that. I think it's probably why CJ's just done. Tired, man. Jonas, another double-double. 24. He has 10 this month. He's played great. Trey Murphy had 17. Great. Problem is he had 14 at the half. He had three points the second half. Three. I mean, Herb Jones gave you 11. Dyson Daniels, though. I think you highlight what he did yesterday, man. Another 30 minutes. 11 points. Seven rebounds. Six assists, a block, two steals. He continues to play really, really, really well. Here's um, Coach on Dyson and what he thinks of his defense right now. Excellent. And those are the things that he has to continue to do. Um, the offense will come. But if you're doing the little things, you're defending, you're rebounding, uh, you're communicating on defense, the ball finds energy. By the way, <sighs> Dyson involved on a play there at the end where he's trying to inbound it five second called on him. You see him look to the right and clearly says timeout. The official after the game says that the timeout was called at 4.5 seconds and by the time he finished, I guess the word out. It was 5.2, so he, I, I'm not kidding you. Like, the pool reporter, I guess, talked to the officiating or whatever, and the guy gave me like a point ten, or in the answers, it, it was a decimal response of how long, which is incredible, because I don't know how they did that. I, there's nothing running. Where are they getting 4.5 to 5.2? Like, where, where is that from? I'm baffled by that. And when you look at the video, the arm movement sped up considerably in seconds four to five. I'm not being a homer, but it's one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, four five. Like you can, I'm not kidding you. Like, go look at it yourself. Propel's talk has it. A bunch of people tweeted it. I mean, go 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 look at the hand movement. My man's like. One one thousand arm extended two one thousand arm extended three one thousand elbow to arm five. <laughs> Dude, go look. 
Go look, Coach Green. Did did, did you think Dyson called timeout? I, I didn't necessarily get an explanation. I was too busy yelling at the referees because we all talked about it in the timeout that we know we got one timeout, and if you can't get it in, use it. And I saw Dyson turn to him and call timeout, and he overruled it with a five seconds. So, you know, those things happen. Uh, we still had a chance to win the game even after that. And to me, that's that's the important part is you got to continue to play. It was 16 seconds left. We get a rebound, call a timeout. We run a couple plays, and we get a good shot off. Yeah, so there you go. Um, the good thing about it, I guess what was incredible too, and one of the reasons why I've been so high on Dyson – and I'm going to try to get uh, Ali Cosell on this week because I was kind of going back and forth texting. I'm like, could you, could you see Dyson Daniels starting over Herb Jones at some point this season? I mean, look, when one goes out, the other comes in. It's, it's neither here or there. But Herb has struggled sometimes in this game or this season for whatever reason. Huh, see what I did there? But no, I mean, actually, the reasons are real. Injury, haven't been in and out of line, things of that nature. But, I mean, the guy came back on Friday, Herb, and fouled out in 19 minutes. Like, that's been a thing this year. Foul trouble, that's been a thing. And it was during that game that I was going back and forth with Ali. I'm like, would you consider starting Dyson? Dyson's very good at the assist. And, yes, look, I mean, he didn't score in Orlando. That kills you because he's a starter. But if Zion and B.I. are playing, C.J. and Jonas are playing, could you envision Dyson Daniels getting a start? So we'll discuss that tomorrow from that standpoint about it here. But we'll take a quick break as Travis apparently just saw my question of the day. He says, I bust my butt all year, get a first-round bye, and play one home field advantage game? Yeah, nah, NFL can bleep his, his backside. <laughs> Travis is not happy. That's Le- that's LeBron's, uh, you know, there's a guy right there. So that's how I feel. I, I, no way, no way do I think that is a good thing. That the NFL could be considering moving permanently the AFC and NFC championship game to neutral sites to better, as they put it, quote, enhance and elevate uh, a chance to elevate potential Super Bowl sites and reward teams with Super Bowl quality stadiums. Okay. Final segment when we return on the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. We've been learning a lot. All seven of us. Addie, Wesley, Caroline, Jackson, Julia, Wyatt, and baby Amon. Here's what our fathers taught us since the last time we talked to you. My dad, Wes, said, Your great-grandfather, Bob, was extremely famous for manufacturing high-quality, custom-designed jewelry, and he could repair anything. And then Wesley Jr. said, Are you going to teach me that? I'm going to teach you that. And then my dad, Bobby, said, It's important to have exactly what people are looking for. You've got to pay attention to what's happening all over the world so that you're always ahead of the trend in jewelry instead of behind it. You can't make people happy if you don't have what they're looking for. And then Jackson said, Are you going to teach all of us? Yes, we're going to teach all of you. We're going to teach you whatever you want to learn. Let's hear it for Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. 
Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to Sports Hangover, Mr. Professor, a.k.a. the Hall Monitor. Oh, no. Yep. You're the Hall Monitor. You're, you're, you're the snitch. Oh, no. Yep. Snitch, Hall Monitor, Tallowtail. I mean, you're basically all of that if you're in line with Comrade Goodell's master plan to oh, snatch away that AFC and NFC championship game from their loving, willing, teary-eyed fans, taking away the opportunity for little Carver to be sitting next to me in the dome and watching whatever kicker they got that day um, kick their team. <laughs> To the Super Bowl. Nick would rather cover watching on TV than in his own stadium. I'll take a trip. Go to the game. What? Join the trip what? with your son. Yeah, yeah. You just put me in a position where I got to look at my kid and go, it's either your tuition or the NFC championship game. Holiday for everybody, bro. School ain't for everybody. Just not. Oh, Football for everybody. Hey, how's the... um? How's the, uh, how's that poll? How's that poll? <laughs> it's looking great. Uh, <laughs> 95% say no, this is ridiculous. Yes. They, they align themselves with the man of the people. Yeah, thank you. Thank and you. 5%, yep. one person, probably my mama. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I love it. Thanks for the support, mom. Now, I, I did get a text. They're like, well, what about the NCAA tournament, March Madness? You know, all those games are neutral sites and things of that nature. Yes. But you also have a multitude of teams. Correct. You know, and, and I think in, in, in a tournament, I think the difference is this. Cause like we, we talked about it about with the national championship and things that they do the same thing. It's neutral site. And, you know, the playoff is a neutral site. I get it. But what the title, it's a title game, right? And then somebody just texted me a little bit ago. Well, the SEC championship game is a neutral site. The Big mm-hmm. Ten, I mean, all the conference championship games are neutral sites. Right. So, so what is the difference between all of that? What is the difference, Gus? I'll tell you what the difference is. Tell me what the difference is. The difference is you don't have it in the rules already that you're playing for your top seed in the home field. You're the what do rules mean? Yeah. Rules mean nothing. I, I'd be fine with that. And I'll tell you what the difference is there. Um, well, maybe not even the difference. It's the precursor. The reason they went to neutral sites, 
if you remember, mm-hmm. is to make more money. Period. <laughs> that is why they do it. That's why it boils down to this. But look, when when you think about it from that perspective, and look, there is two sides of this argument. Um, I guarantee you that's probably what the NFL owners are thinking. You know, every other major championship or tournament or event is a neutral site. See, you can say that, right, To in order to, to sell it. It's for neutrality. <laughs> the answer to all of your questions is money. Yep. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. You, you said it back in the first five minutes of the show, and you say it in the final five minutes of the show. Because and, it has not changed one inch. Nope. Since we started this show, the answer to all of your questions, especially when it comes to the NFL, is money. And I know we were looking at uh cities that have never hosted a Super Bowl. Yeah. These are not places that would be conducive for a championship game of any kind, like uh the Bears. Yeah, they've never had a champion a Super Bowl at Soldier Field. Yeah. Never had a Super Bowl at Soldier Field. It's an imagine playing a championship game in Soldier Field. At the end of January or the beginning of February. <laughs> right. It's not happening. Like this. Right. No, there's not something that, I mean, I love Soldier Field. I call yeah. the game a Soldier Field once. Yep. I love Soldier Field. No, 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 no. I've been uh, there. I'm, I'm staring, I'm staring at a picture right now of me on the sideline. It was the coldest thing. It was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Coldest I've ever been in my life. Soldier Field. That's why it's all And all you see is my eyes. I had like a ski mask on. I mean, I, it was, you'd have thought Goosey was rubbing Bridget. the bank. No, it was. Bridget. Yeah, so no. it was awful, 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 awful. But but I'd still love to see it. I'm telling Play you, it at a neutral site. <laughs> All right, money. there you have it. Money, money. me and yeah. Next up, the, the professor will like to charge you for your local news if you want the weather report. All of that, right? I mean, that's what they're doing with some of these newspapers on these websites. <laughs> it's true. No, I pay for Nola.com. Yep. Ain't, <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing for free. <laughs> They ain't nothing free. <laughs> Except this show. <laughs> free. <laughs> We're just happy you listen. We do enjoy that you tune in and we appreciate that. Uh, don't forget the professor will be over at Boomtown on Thursday for one of bet. Uh, and I will be over at the deli at Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria on Thursday. Thanks for tuning us in. I'm Gus. That's the professor. That was Buddy taking your phone calls. Matt Moscone and after further review next on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs>